You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues facing women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. It's Frida's world. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f*** with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's world. All right, everyone. So I'm here with my very, very special guest, no stranger to the Frida's world stage, Jaleesa Joseph. Whoa. Hi, <laughs> everybody. Like, I'm like, Jaleesa, are you here? <laughs> I wish I know how to do those like fake applause sounds in the background. Like, I know. Oh. I keep saying that I'm going to get one of those clapper machines you know those sound machines and I never do I tried to like download one off of like the the app store and I feel like it's just trash like it's it doesn't give me the quality it doesn't give me the real experience you know what I mean no we'll just get we'll get a bunch of black women in a room and like record them clapping and saying yes girl yes (laughs) yeah exactly All right. So everyone, Jaleesa, like I said, is no state to the Frida's World podcast platform. She actually was um, in the very beginning, um, one of, I guess, what was the coordinator? Is that, is that the title we were throwing around? I know I gave you a fancy title. What was the title? <laughs> I, I very strongly believe it was podcast coordinator. I think so. Something fancier. It was something. It was actually, yeah, podcast wasn't even in the title. It was like strategic director. Strategic director. There we go. And then she had to resign because she, her her real job (laughs) was taken over. (laughs) Real jobs do tend to get in the way. I know, but we're trying to get her back because she was so great, especially we were just talking offline about the um, the t- podcast titles, like the episode titles. Like I can be creative, but I have a million things that I'm doing at the same time. And so sometimes the creativity gets stifled. But Jaleesa was always so on point, I tell you. So um, we're, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that Jaleesa's job gives her a little bit of a break so that she can come back to the podcast team. <laughs> <laughs> who do I gotta speak to Julie so let me know point them out <laughs> you know just the entire legislative body <laughs> well the last time you were on this show you were I think you were still the chief diversity yes yeah chief diversity officer and but now you're something else what are you I <laughs> let the people know <laughs> I am an associate counsel um, at the New York State Senate. Okay, and that sounds that sounds. Jaleesa has all these fancy titles and fancy jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's usually part of my uh, my agreement to sign on. Is like, give me a title that sounds really good. Yeah, doesn't have to have any relation to the job. <laughs> so, how long have you been doing that? I mean, I, I actually know these details, everyone, but you know, you guys don't know the details, so I have to act like I don't know. So yes, how long have you been doing that? <laughs> All of five whole months. And how do you like it? It's amazing and terrifying all at the same time. Okay. It's great. Well, I mean, listen, if there's no challenge in in what you do, then I feel like, you know, then why, why are we doing it, right? So true. <laughs> 
So today I know we wanted to talk about a subject that we've touched upon in past episodes, um, but I really wanted to, you know, when you mentioned the the topic, I was like, yeah, we should do this. Um, Just the resistance of accolades and awards, I guess, within, I would, I would dare say within the, the, the black community, but specifically with black women, we have this aversion to receiving accolades and to receiving awards. And I know this personally because I am one of those people for whatever reason, I have this thing, not that I don't like it, but I don't know. I don't know what exactly it is. Maybe hopefully through this conversation, we can flesh that out. Ah, it's the patriarchy. It's the man. It's the man. It really is. So why do you say that though? Like, so let's, let's break it down a little bit and try to get to an understanding of why women of color, you know, and, and I, and I guess I use the word aversion. It's very harsh because again, I don't think that we don't want the praise and the accolades for the good works that we do. We just have a hard time accepting it and we downplay, we downplay it a lot. And I'm, we downplay our success all the time. But I'm trying to understand, like, yes, it's the patriarchy, but what what specifically, you know, has led to us um, doing this? So I, it's such a heavy question, um, but I'll start with sort of with why I thought this was a good topic to start with, uh, because it's all about me. Um, recently, <laughs> Is it now? <laughs> recently, uh, I was very honored to have... Um, one of the bar associations um, reach out to me and tell me that I had been nominated for an um, outstanding new lawyer award. Congratulations. Because uh, I'm technically still new. <laughs> uh, and it sounded great. And after I hung up the phone, the first thing I started thinking was like, because they had asked me to send like a bio and my headshot. And, and I was like, have I done anything to be outstanding? Mm. Like, do I deserve this award? Like what? Like, why am I getting this award? What have other people who have gotten this award, what have they done? Have they done any? And these were all of the thoughts running through my head, just thinking like, and and the award is great and I'm very excited about it, but it's not like a Nobel Peace Prize, right? <laughs> it, it's, it's not like it's conferring. It's not, it's not saying that I'm amazing. And I mean, it right, it's not amazing though. And it, yeah, you know, um, but it, it, it's not, it's not necessarily a reflection of, of really anything about the individual work that I've done. It's, you know, somebody uh, within the bar association noticed me and nominated me, which I appreciate. And I absolutely cannot wait to accept this award. But the fact that like my first inclination was to question whether or not I deserved this award and whether or not I was outstanding enough. Um, and like where, to the point where I legitimately considered not, in my bio or my um, headshot and, you know, sort of like letting the world decide that I wasn't good enough. And, and so that sort of took me down the route of thinking about how I feel and how other women of color that I know feel about accepting awards and, and you know, uh, you know, achievements for their, um, you know, for work successes. And it, it's, the more that I spoke with people, the more just I realized how prevalent this idea was. Um, specifically, in I, I, I will tell you this: I have yet to meet a man who seems to have this approach. Like, no matter the color, I've never. 
I've never, I've never in my life, <laughs> never in my life have I heard a man say, no, no, not me. Never. This one. <laughs> and I spoke to all colors had like no clue what the hell I was talking about. They're like, I'm sorry, what? Why, why wouldn't you? Of course. It's just, and all of the men, um, all of the men I spoke to, their response was either like, of course you're amazing. Or like, it's just an award, whatever. Take mm-hmm. it. Right. So there was no, there was no like sort of deeper analysis. <laughs> <laughs> there was like, no self-reflection. No, it's like, oh, somebody nominated you. Great. Get it. Um, and so, um, and then I, I thought specifically of the, the women of color I know. And, and that's where I started in terms of just thinking about why it feels, you know, wrong to accept an award and, and or why it feels like I haven't done enough as if like I haven't worked in you know the third largest district attorney's office in the country as if I haven't worked uh, you know in the capital city uh, you know one of well I think obviously well the best mayors ever you know it, it's just it's it, it struck me and Rita you know me I'm not I would say I'm humble, but I'm not exactly like shy about listing, you know, how hard I work. Yes. Right. So the idea that like, I'm always talking about how hard I, how hard I work and somebody recognized that. And my first inclination was to question whether or not I've worked hard enough. And I think that that's something that, like you said before, is very prevalent within um, women of color. And I mean, I know for me, I've, I've, I go through the same thought process each and every time, especially, I mean, and you know, this, as we talk about, you know, looking for jobs and, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's, you know, where's best for me. And, you know, you'll send me these job postings and I'm like, eh, I did this, but I didn't do it like that. (laughs) Or, you know, I, I didn't do it at such a grand scale. And so we do this thing where we kind of, you know, we discount ourselves from positions because we second guess ourselves so much And I think that a lot of that does stem from um, some of it stems from our upbringing, obviously. And I think just how we, you know, move throughout the educational system. Um, You know, I feel like, you know, even when I was in high school, you know, when I wanted to apply to certain schools, I was told, you know, even though I know that I was working hard and doing what I need to do, I was told, you know, why don't you just apply to a community college instead? So I feel like um, throughout a lot of our journeys, we've kind of been made to be and to feel like second class citizens, no matter how hard we worked. Um, yep. You know, we were made to feel like we weren't good enough, whether it be because we were women or because we were colored or because we are women of color. Um, right. As if our ambitions were too high. Exactly. Automatically, regardless of what our actual background looked like, right? Regardless of how hard we had worked. Because of either, our, like you said, our status as women, our status as people of color, or I would argue our unique status as both, mm-hmm. you have this pushback from the rest of the world of like, you're aiming really high and much higher than you're, quote, supposed to aim. Mm-hmm. And I think that that you I don't know. I don't know that it's it's easy to like shake that off. It's not easy because it's something that happens. It, it it's it's constantly happening. You know, we've we've gotten to a point in our careers where you would think that we wouldn't have to deal with a lot of this stuff, and we deal with it every single day. Where people are are 
trying to dim our lights in a sense. They see that we have all this potential and they see us even as threats, I dare say, but they're trying to dim our, our lights. And a lot of times we allow them to do so because of the conditioning that we've experienced throughout our lives. Um, but I think that, you know, addressing that the issue is one way because some people don't even realize that they're doing it until somebody else calls them out on it. Like you've had to call me out a couple of times, like, why aren't you applying to this job? And sometimes, you know, when you've said things like, well, I don't know if I should, or I don't know if I can, or I don't know if I'm, you know, if I'm qualified enough, you know, I've had to call you out. And I think that that's how it starts because if nobody's calling me out or nobody's calling you out, we're just going to continue thinking the way that we're thinking and, you know, taking ourselves out of the race, you know? Yep. I 100% agree. And it's, it's one of the, the reasons I like push really strongly for, you know, sort of women of color or people of color in the same industries, trying to find each other either through affinity associations, mentorships, like, because it does make a difference, mm-hmm. right? In my case, I happen to have quite a number of women of color in my circle who are attorneys, who are professionals. So when I talk to them about this, all of them were like, absolutely, you deserve this. Mm-hmm. And even if you didn't, you should take it. Anyways, yeah, because you know what? The white people aren't saying no. Right. And men aren't saying no. And so it's like, why not? And I, I, you're, I think you're 100% right. Like having a circle around you who will sort of push back on these ideas that you have of yourself and mm-hmm. having people who can who are not you who are looking from the outside I yeah. think is extremely important. But that's why I say that I... I do like I, I jokingly said the the patriarchy before, but I wasn't joking, but it right? Really because is the patriarchy, <laughs> right? Because as as women of color, we've already grown up in this society where we're like you said, conditioned or socialized to believe that we are not, we don't belong mm-hmm. in certain spaces. And you like growing up like that and living in a system like that, then you always question every time you're you're allowed to enter a new space or every time somebody opens the door to a new space, you have these automatic like assumptions that you are not good enough. Yeah. Even when your resume and when the work you've done looks better than all the other people in the room. Right. The, the system that we've all grown up in. Right. The very same system where you had, you know, people telling you that you should apply to community colleges Right. The very same systems that told me when I said I wanted to apply to law school that I should do something reasonable and mm-hmm. I shouldn't waste my time in school. Yeah. And that I should just get a good job. Right. Like those those systems like don't leave us. And so it's just it's always, I think, important to to recognize that, like, it's partly us and it's partly, you know, the culture we grew up in. And you and I have talked about West Indians, mm-hmm. but it also is partly this 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 system that we've grown up in that makes makes sure in so many different ways to beat down women and then beat down people of color yeah and to exist in the space where you are both um, you know then there is there are very few social circles or social norms where women of color are perceived to be automatically accepted yeah I think another thing that's important is that women of color, I think that we we still need to do better in terms of um, publicly acknowledging each other. 
I feel like mm-hmm. we don't, you know, there may be a gala here and there where they might, you know, um, hand out a couple of awards to the same people every single year. But I think that um, we need to we need to create more spaces where we're able to publicly give accolades to each other, publicly acknowledge each other, publicly praise each other. I feel like there's not enough as as wide and as large as this women's movement is, I think still within women of color. We are getting together more. We are having more conversations. We are, you know, there's a million women empowerment movements within the black community now. But I still think that, you know, whenever I I hear of, you know, an upcoming uh, award ceremony coming, it's always usual suspects. You know, it's always the people who either are popular. It's always the people who, you know, either know somebody, not to say they're not doing good work, but there are so many other women of color who are, you know, just as qualified, if not more than qualified to receive praise and acknowledgement. And I think that a lot of times we don't do that with our own. And so that also, um, you know, leaves us feeling sometimes like, well, maybe I think it kind of um, fuels that 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 fire or it, it, it just makes it more like a question for us. Like, well, am I actually am I actually qualified enough? Am I actually good enough? Because here I am in this organization or among these lawyers or among this team and I've been working so hard and they have this once a year event and nobody's ever, you know, praised me. It's not like you're looking for, but nobody's ever said like, good job or I acknowledge you and I recognize you. And I think if we did more of that, that would also kind of counteract maybe that self-doubt we have um, when we're up for these, whether it be promotions or awards and accolades. Absolutely. I think, you know, it, it, you're right that like once you see a lot of these um, like nominating committees or, you know, award committees, they often do focus on the same small group of women or the same small group of women of color. And so you're seeing the same women winning the same awards all the time because mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, the amorphous they have selected the, gr- the group of women and the group of women of color who are going to receive this, these awards and they don't want to make it too broad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't want to too many and I think one of the one of the only ways to counteract that is to and this is something that I'm, I'm going to really you know challenge myself to do is for the women who are allowed in these spaces and the women who are receiving the awards right to do or to let me take a step back for the women who are receiving these awards I think the obligation is on them to sort of open the door behind them right like mm-hmm. I now plan next year to make sure that I nominate specifically a woman of color who I think is deserving of this award, right? Because the other, the people that nominated me may not know of this woman, mm-hmm. right? And, and it, it, it's, it's incumbent upon me to be that introduction, to make it possible and to open the door. And I think if you're one of the women of color who's fortunate enough to be allowed into these rooms and, and right, like with a proverbial seat at the table, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, Shirley Chisholm says, then it's your job to like drag another chair for another woman of color. And I think that actually makes a lot of sense um, in terms of, you know, in terms of that. But another thing I had one of my friends um, Tyre Middleton, shout out to Tyre. You know Tyre. We all work at the Hi, office Tyre. together. Yeah, she, you know, she had all actually brought up a good point as well too. A lot of us, you know, have memberships to these bar associations, right? Whether it be the MBBA, whether it be 
the New York State Bar Association or City Bar, whatever. And a lot of times we don't really utilize like our membership in a sense. So there's always these nomination emails floating around. Nominate this person, nominate, you know, this committee is looking for a woman to whatever. And we kind of just ignore it. We're just like, well, we paid our dues. Yeah, you know, we'll show up when there's like a free CLE or something or yeah. when there's an event that actually, you know, is of interest to me. But I and, and I'm guilty of this, too, because I'm like, wait, you know, any time I would see an email about a nomination, I actually never really paid attention to it, to be very honest. Like, I think like, I don't know why, but I never thought like I maybe it's because I don't find myself as active in these groups to know who to nominate. But I think that you know, another thing that we need to do is, you know, if we are part of these, you know, these systems and, you know, we might not have a full seat at the table, but we're at least in the building, you know, when these opportunities to highlight and nominate other people come our way, then it's, you know, we should take that, you know, take that as, as a, as an advantage or take, take advantage rather of that opportunity to highlight other, other women of color, especially hundred percent and you're right because I'm, I'm guilty of this as well like I pick and choose the bar events that I go to <laughs> right and I I don't go I don't often go to like the boring board meetings I don't go to the like the you know what is it the the, the full body meetings yeah where, you know they're just body. sort of yeah I'm just like mm, like are the where are the fun CLEs and the good receptions like yeah <laughs> the open bars where are the open bars where are the fancy snacks <laughs> Like um, so and you're 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 extremely right, and 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 really, this is that right there is why I I am joining um a board of one of the bar associations Mm -hmm. to to be a part of that conversation and to you know start showing up to those you know maybe more boring meetings where they're talking about opportunities to uplift other women Mm -hmm. and where they're talking about you know like you said where I may not you know have the full seat at the table but I can certainly bring somebody to a boring general body meeting with me yeah yeah, uh, and you're you you are so right. I do think there needs to be, um, and 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 a reckoning and and recognizing that like we have at least some women of color, some professional women of color have accessed some ways to get a little bit of a of a seat at the table. And the question how we're using that, uh, because I know plenty of my uh, white counterparts, both male and female. And this, again, this goes back to sort of, you know, cultural socializing, how you grew up. Mm-hmm. But like they knew from day one that the bar associations, even in law school. Yeah. Were they really needed to be going and meeting people and meeting judges and they were on junior committees. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, a thing. <laughs> it was a thing. I think my last year of law school somehow I don't know who put me on, but I did end up, you know, joining a junior committee I think it was for elder law because at the time I thought I was going to go into that specific field so that was my first experience and I'm like I wish I knew this earlier I could have been on a junior committee from my first year and I probably could have secured like a job I could have been really in and you get to see like the inner workings of how you know the political process amongst attorneys you know, work work out, you get to know, you know, you get to meet some of these big name individuals. And if you think like, if you had worked those connections from day one, you know, how, you know, how far would you be? Right. Or how, 
exactly. Like I met, I was, I was at a, a, a bar association event and this is probably what solidified that this whole idea of being more involved for me because one of the judges who I had met sort of, you know, at various events throughout the city, you know, uh, stops me and is like, Hey, I have, I think I'm going to have an open position for my clerk come up. Would you be interested in applying? Right. The position wasn't posted. Right. This conversation, you know, it wasn't even like the person who was in the position hadn't even, you know, formally quit yet. And here was this individual at like, you know, whatever random reception asking me if I if I wanted to send over my resume, a.k.a. basically saying that they would hire me. Mm-hmm. Right. Based off of based off of going to bar association events. Right. Like not because he had worked with me, not because like, you know, he knew my work for his, for himself, right? Like he had heard about me. Great. But like, this was because I was somebody who he had chatted with at various bar events. And there he was like, Oh, well, before I even bother posting and sending this out to the general public, you should come work for me. And that's, I mean, that's such a huge, it makes such a huge difference, right? Yeah. Accessing all of the, the, the possibilities and, and really trying to enter those spaces and utilize them in the best possible way would, and I think that to your point earlier, again, just, you know, with just this whole conversation about accolades and whatnot, I think even that this whole, you know, idea that we're, you know, we're not good enough even comes into play when it comes to even being an active participant in some of these organizations, though, because it's like you're 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 afforded now this opportunity to at least be in the building, even if you're not sitting at sitting at the table. But something is still making you feel like you, you still don't belong like it's, you know, you're not, you're, you shouldn't be in the mix. Like you're not qualified enough to still be in the mix. And I think that's maybe why some people, aside from the meetings being boring at times, but why some people, you know, they, they, they join the organizations, they join the bar associations, you know, because they need to put it on their resume, but they still don't feel like they fit enough to actually show up to these meetings and, and, and actually be a part of a committee and, and really part of the process. And so they miss out on these opportunities. Those opportunities. And I, you're right. It all comes back to feeling like you belong in the room. Mm-hmm. Right. If you walk into, you know, bar events and there are, or any other, you know, professional association or organization, and there are no other phases that look like you, you're less likely to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It just becomes like it becomes the case of like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to talk to especially and, you know, we happen to be younger women as well. Mm-hmm. The, the, as much as people like to talk about law being like younger and more brown, it, it's still very much an old white guy's occupation. Yeah, it is. Right. Like, you know, regardless of how, you know, via the numbers where we're becoming more diverse and more women and all this other. When I walk into 99% of the CLEs of the bar association events, it's mostly middle-aged white guys. Yeah. Um, And that's not necessarily, it's not, that's not my preferred. (laughs) It's not my preferred cup of tea. (laughs) I'm not looking for Earl Graham, I'm looking for chai. Like, I can't, I can't, the conversations that I'm having with those gentlemen is not, are not the same as conversations I would have in other spaces. Yeah. Right. So it it becomes, you, you end up, I think it's, it makes sense that people end up choosing to 
remove themselves and maybe not be as active and not partake as much because it's also exhausting being like the one like you know brown spot in a room it is because as as <laughs> as much as you try to avoid it when you are the the young person of color not just the person of color but the young person of color you know yep. You know, the conversation gets exhausting. It's like, you know, you're kind of like that token person that they want to, you know, talk to and make all these comments. And, you know, at at the end of the day, you're just like, you know, you don't want to be fake, but it's like, how much more of this can you take? How much more head nodding could you do? (laughs) How much more, you know, yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, like how many of those can you can you really go through? Um, But I think I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the solution to this um, this it's like a a, I don't know, a crisis, an epidemic or what. I don't know how to call it, but it's definitely something that's chronic. This this aversion in a sense. I keep using the word aversion because I feel like it's important to highlight how how um, how it is that we react in a sense, you know, to somebody's giving us praise or somebody saying that, you know, we're going to honor you or we're going to promote you. Um, it's almost as if like we know we want it, but our actions almost and our, you know, our, 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 our rhetoric just screams the opposite, you know, like I'll call you and say, you know, I'll, I'll give you 50 reasons as to why I, I cannot do this, this particular position. Meanwhile, there's like a hundred reasons why I can. Right. There are obvious reasons too. It's not like I'm pulling it out of a hat. Like, you know, in 10 seconds, you can like say that. It's just like the other day I was talking to Marley. Shout out to Marley Marcella <laughs> She was on the show, I think, what, two weeks ago. Um, but she was, you know, the other day we were having a conversation about, you know, work. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And she was just like, you did this. You did that. You have this. You have that. Like, what the hell are you talking about, Rita? Get out of my face. <laughs> and it's like, as much as we, you know, we try to overcome it at the end, it's like whenever we're presented with that accolade or with that opportunity, we find every reason to kind of, you know, shy away from it. Yeah, we shrink ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we, we, we automatically, we take all of the, the things we've done and all of the, the work we've, we've achieved and, and we shrink ourselves and we decide or we determine that it's somehow not good enough yeah and it's it's unfortunate because i you know i as much as i say like you know these awards are you know they're just awards and you know they may not necessarily mean anything in the grand scheme of things but they do end up getting you recognized they do right they do you know it does it does you know wind up that you end up somewhere in a room and somebody's like oh you won this award or right it's just it's another thing to help you stand out and if we're not if we're not a part of that conversation, then we're not able to stand out. And if we're not able to stand out, then we're not able to move up. And if we're not able to move up, then we're not able to really change what this occupation or for any listeners out there who are not journeys, any other um, occupation looks like. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like this is why, you know, as we are in the month of May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, I think this is exactly, I mean, you know what? Every month is like dragged in like several directions, but May is Mental Health Awareness <laughs> Month as well as well as Haitian Heritage Month, as well as apparently I found out today Lupus Awareness Month. That too, that too. Yeah, so there's a lot of months, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on in the month of May. But as it is Mental Health Awareness Month, I think you know this is exactly why uh, therapy is important, whether it be group therapy, whether it be individualized therapy, because there is a you know we've identified a lot of the. Um, the you know the reasons why 
we do the things that we do and the why, why we feel the way we feel. The systems, the man, all this extra stuff, culture. And I think, you know, in order for us to really, truly move forward, um, another thing that I think that at some point we all need to do is to get some form of therapy to help us understand why, why we are, you know, why we're so accepting of defeat, why we are so, you know, why we allow ourselves to be easily shrunken by not just other people, but we shrink ourselves. A lot of that I think is important understanding why. And then if we understand the why, then hopefully we can figure out how to stop doing it. And I think we can eventually live our best selves because we're, we're so talented. Like when I look around and I see all my friends and I even, like I look at myself and I'm like, this talent is being wasted. <laughs> like we are, we are so talented and we, we all should be recognized for one thing or another. Like there's no reason why, you know, I'm not hearing that, you know, Julissa is getting another award, or that Marley's getting another award or that I'm getting an award. Like we all should be getting awards, but I think we stop ourselves from, putting, you know, even being in the space to get those awards, to get acknowledged, we, we prevent ourselves from doing so. And, you know, we need to figure out how to stop that so we can be our best selves. Fingers crossed. Well, I, I don't know what the, the rules are about noting other people's work on a podcast, but I, I recently read and have saved on my computer this really great article um, written by a doctor talking about... Um, to your point about mental health, women of color and, you know, imposter syndrome and how, it, you know, that this idea of, of feeling like an imposter in circles leads to, you know, serious and severe depression and anxiety and, and leads to everything that we're talking about right now. And there are a uh, she has a lovely list here, um, the doctor who wrote this, of the variety of things that you can do to, quote, um, stop thinking like an imposter so that you stop feeling like an imposter. Mm. And a lot of, a lot of the things that she, um, lists are actually things that we, I think talked about, um, you know, in the last few minutes, you know, she talks about, um, separating feelings from fact mm-hmm. and sort of identifying what the truth is versus what, how you feel about it. Um, and she talks about, you know, recognizing when you should feel fraudulent, right? That there are cases where, you know, if you're, if you're doubting yourself, it might actually be that, you know, you're in a situation where you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, she lists out uh, accentuating the positive and not obsessing over things that aren't perfect. Hmm. Uh, and one of the things I, I really, um, really like, uh, she talks about uh, faking it until you make it. Um, and, <laughs> and I, you know, we I, hear that a lot, but again, it's faking until, until you make it is something that our white counterparts have a PhD in. They've been doing it. <laughs> <laughs> they have, they have master's degrees. They have, you know, postdoctoral degrees in faking it till you make it. And it's something that I envy about them, to be honest, because, you know, working in the DA's office, we saw a lot of fake it till you make it people, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, man, if I only had the confidence <laughs> to act exactly. like I know something when I don't know something, I would be so far in life. But you really would be right. Because like that, like that level of confidence means that you are more likely to take risks. Right. Yes. And arguably, hopefully, let, let's all pretend they're, you know, these people are taking calculated risks. Mm-hmm. But either way, when you have that measure of confidence, you are more likely to take those calculated risks 
and jump forward in your career way that you wouldn't have if you're like sort of constantly worried about, you know, being perfect for a job before you consider exactly. Right. Or being the best for something before you speak up uh, to your boss about trying to take on a new position. Right. If you had if we could access that that level of courage and that level of confidence to take those risks, we could probably do so much more and be so much further. And so I'm, I'm trying to for myself, um, especially because I'm really good at saying it to my friends. Yeah, like, we're, all, we're, all doing good. It we're all good cheerleaders to everybody else. <laughs> trying to turn that, you know, to myself and, you know, start to take some risks and and recognize that like, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You apply for a job that you're not sure about. They don't call you back. It's it they wouldn't have called you back if you didn't apply anyway. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I, you know, I I'm definitely trying to work on that as well in this year of 2019 because I'm sitting back and I'm looking at people who had left the office with us And I'm like, you know, they didn't know one thing about opening their own practice and doing criminal defense. And they're doing, you know, whole murder trials right now. Yeah. And what I realized is that and it's funny, though, because, you know, these individuals who would have either, you know, who had left and started their own thing, they're calling you. (laughs) They're calling other people saying, hey, how do you do this again? How do you do that again? And I'm like. We're so we're so, um, I guess, obsessed with being perfect and making sure we know all the answers. I'll spend 10 hours researching something. Right. As opposed to just diving in or you know what I mean? Like it's like we need to make sure that it's perfect before we even, you know, um, think about applying. Yeah, like I, I still find myself to this day sitting in meetings Right. And hearing somebody talk about something and I have a thought and I have something <laughs> that I want to share. And instead of sharing it in, in my head, I'm going over and over whether or not what I'm thinking actually makes sense. And the risk of saying it out loud and then feeling stupid or being told, you know, that what I think is wrong as if like that would be the end of the world. Yeah. Well, it's like how we preface everything by saying, you know, this might be a dumb question, but. It's like, why are we going into it thinking that it might be a dumb question? A question's a question. You have an answer for me? Great. You don't? All right, let's move on. But we do this to ourselves. And it's like, it's, we have to deprogram ourselves. That's, that's kind of what I'm trying to do in this year. Deprogram myself from all of these, you know, this negativity that I was, that I either grew up with or that I, you know, that I, I guess, I don't know obtained or whatever it is but I think we really need to deprogram ourselves and I think once we start to do that we'll like the sky will be the limit so you think we need to fight the patriarchy we need to fight we need to fight the patriarchy (laughs) we need to fight the man we need to we need to truly be each other's keeper so there needs to be a real sisterhood a real sister circle thing going on Because, you know, I've talked about this in other episodes as well, too. But, you know, again, there's these movements of sisterhood, but it's like some of them are not really movements of sisterhood. And a lot of times, you know, it's our own sisters. It's our own people that feed this self-doubt that we have within ourselves because they're not stepping out and saying, hey, Jaleesa, good job. Hey, Jaleesa, 
you know, I, I've been, I've noticed that you've worked on my committee for five years now and you deserve an award. They're not doing it because a lot of times it's like, well, if there has to be one black person in the room, one black woman, it needs to just be me. Right. And so I think we need to move past a lot of that in order for us to get to a place where, you know, we're comfortable within our, not just our own, you know, skin, like that's, you know, I guess with a cliche, but comfortable within our ourselves confident in our in our work product in our abilities and whatnot yes and i'm gonna just start accepting every award ever I'm, i want I mean, all the- yeah and i'm gonna start nominating people <laughs> when i get these emails i will actually read them yeah. and maybe nominate and myself <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing but it's true like i made um, there was a, a local award um, up where I live for like a 40 under 40. And, and this person that I made the pact with um, is, is literally the whitest guy. <laughs> but he happens to be a good friend. And we literally, we sat down and we were like, all right, we missed last year. We were like, we missed these nominations after, you know, talking about how many people we knew um, who had been on this list. So we were like, those people are not that great. Um, we were like, we should nominate each other. And literally that's exactly what we what we did like we saw we like we he texted me he was like the nominations are up I'm nominating you you nominate me right and maybe it maybe it comes it comes down to just like creating those packs with other women of color and and doing this cross nomination and yeah no and I think that's truly I think that's exactly how you do it you nominate me I nominate you I mean I am still under 40 thank you Jesus and I'm just like I would (laughs) I would love I honestly would love to, to, to get a 40 under 40 I mean I feel like I'm doing great things but you know it is what it is. If I don't get it, I don't get it. But you I want find me the nomination, I'll nominate you. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna start searching. I'm gonna start researching for it. But I thought about that. I was like, I would love to get a, a forty under forty. I mean, and I and and you know when I thought about it, I'm like, and I don't feel bad saying that I would love to be you know nominated as a forty under forty. And I think that's another thing. Like we feel as if it's conceit. Or we feel as if it's, you know, I don't know that, you know, how dare, how dare we even nominate? Yeah. Arrogance to even say, or to even believe that you deserve an award. And I'm just like, no, like I work hard, damn it. (laughs) You know, and I would love to be recognized for something. I still have yet to be, but I will one day. I mean, actually, no, let me take that back. My, some of my great accolades were from Fordham University School of Law. I actually got two um, awards at graduation. And till this day, I still, I feel like that's like one of my greatest accomplishments in life. <laughs> but yeah. I'm going to nominate you for a 40 under 40. Done. Yes. And I am, I am going, when I find that, I'm going to nominate you as well. <laughs> and that's how we do it. That's how we do it. Any, and anybody else who's listening who would also like a nomination, send an email <laughs> to fridasworld at gmail.com. And I got you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, any awards that we should be nominated for. Similarly, send that in an email. That is true. Yes, that is true too. I think that's. I mean, that's how we have to get it, get each other out here. I'm tired of seeing the same people. No offense, but I'm just tired of seeing the same people all the time. No, but it's so, so true, right? But like, even even this conversation, right? Like, if we were to nominate each other, right, or nominate you know one or two other women of color that we know. And if all of those women of color were to do the same thing, right, it, it changes the conversation. It changes the, 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 the people who are, who are in the pool. And so we need to start, you know, what's, what's, what's that 
this is like paying it forward. Like you get nominated, you nominate two pe- two other women of color. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's how we continue to keep the you know, to keep the wheels going. That's how, you know, we continue to multiply and increase our presence in spaces. And that's how we don't just get a seat at the table, but we own the table. The whole table. The The whole table is ours. All the seats belong to us. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly what Charlie wanted. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So when is this award ceremony? I mean, is this something that I could, you know, fly into? Well, I don't live that far away. Um, <laughs> I, thought I, I, I thought I texted you about it. If not, I will text you about it. It's in June. Oh, OK, good. Yes. Yeah, far enough. Far enough. I can I can make, make it a weekend thing even. Yeah. No, I think it's like a, I think it's like it's a random Wednesday. I'm going to lie. Well, then, you know, what? <laughs> let me know ASAP Rocky so that I can put in for that day before they start scheduling me cases in June. <laughs> I, don't, I actually really will. It'd be so much fun. Yeah. Um, well, this is great. I feel like we actually um, made some stride here and actually addressed the issue and came up with some solutions. You know, I'm always about solutions. I felt, I felt, I feel pretty resolved. Yeah. And you definitely should. You definitely should. You're definitely amazing. You know, you deserve it, even though, you know, it's, it's that like good Kermit, bad Kermit thing, right? You have the good Kermit, who's saying, Jaleesa, you're great. And then bad Kermit wants to be all up in your ear. Like you better not accept that award. Yeah. Self-doubt is, is a real, uh, I was going to use the mother F word, but self-doubt is a problem. I mean, we're all attorneys here, right? (laughs) (laughs) I would say that my, my, uh, my cursing skills increased and were sharpened at my first place of employment as an attorney. (laughs) And now I am really good at it. But yeah, no, um, it, it's it, that self-doubt really does just creep in. Um, even when you think you're, which is what I realized with, with this conversation and with, with the award that I re, you know, was nominated for, even when you think you're like getting super close and you're getting away from that and you're becoming more confident, all it takes is one thing to all of a sudden make you start questioning, like, wait a minute, maybe I'm not. Maybe I haven't been working as hard as I think. So you're right. Good Kermit, bad Kermit, you know, whatever version of it you use, it's it can creep up on you. Yeah. That's why you have wonderful friends to, you know, yes. get you right. Yes. Is it is it Glenda who was like the, the, the good witch? Yes, it was. Yes. Although if you had if you if you watched Wicked, you know, there was a whole nuance there. Uh see, I'm still trying to actually make my way to see <laughs> Wicked before it gets off of Broadway. Um hopefully that's not so, anytime totally soon, but you know. Sense whole different conversation we need to have offline yeah we do we do maybe i'll see a match (laughs) (laughs) either way well thank you so much delisa for um gracing the mic it's been it's it hasn't been that long actually but i always enjoy having you on the show to talk about well thank you for having me i always enjoy being on the show and always enjoy uh, having an excuse to chat with you. Yeah. About and, all the and the good thing too, yeah. is that, you know, now we have this, um, this uh, calling mechanism that actually <laughs> works. And so we'll be able to have more of these chats. On it. Definitely. Schedule me in for July. <laughs> Pencil me in. <laughs> we'll do another one of these. <laughs> 
Sounds like a plan. Thank you so much for letting me rant about, you know, being too afraid to take an award. Yeah, but I'm really happy that we were able to, uh, you know, counteract that. And I will definitely do my best to be there to support you as you accept your award. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. You're welcome. All right. All right, everyone. So that's a wrap for this episode. Again, thank you, Jaleesa, for gracing the stage. And um, oh, before I get off, guys, please remember to subscribe, rate and review the show. You know, all these stats matter. And with that being said, I'll talk to you guys next week. It's Frida's world. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's world.